0: by the snow that we have outside. It's just it, winter has come, it's here, and we're being blessed by it. Uh, of course, some of us who are older, our backs are given out as we attempt to shovel snow. That's why I had Randy come this morning. He's young. He can do it. Uh, I did a, I did like a, a section about that big, and I said, okay, I'm not doing anymore." Uh, and so I said, Randy, I need you. And he's like, I'm on it. I'm here, Pastor. But this is just a wonderful time that we're here, and I just praise God that you're here. But today's message becomes... There's a special holiday coming up on Thursday. You know what holiday that is? Thanksgiving, right? I mean, how can you not like a holiday where there's food? Right? I mean, some people some people choose to to cook a roast or ribs. My family we're going to cook a turkey. By the way, if you need a turkey, please let me know. I have a turkey for you, okay? I have a turkey for you. If you need one, please, or you know someone who needs one, I have one turkey. The first one to get to me gets that turkey, okay? But it's just a wonderful time of year because we get to eat turkey till our hearts content, and we eat. Now, at my house, we have macaroni and cheese casserole. I'm just going to tell you right now, I could eat that every day. And then we have candied yams. You know what candied yams are? You take yams, and you put marshmallows all over the top of it. That is God's gift to mankind. Amen. And then, then we have, uh, what else do we have? We have green beans. Don't eat that. We have corn. As a matter of fact, when, when, when my son was small, uh, he wanted to go outside and play and he wasn't eating his green beans. And I said, you need to eat your green beans. And, and two minutes later, he, he, his green beans were all gone. He goes, Dad, I'm done. I was like, there's no way. And my mom turned around. She had a mouthful of his green beans. She was going to make sure he was okay, right? She spoils him and does all those things for him. Me, she never did that to. She would stand over with a cane and eat your food. That's why I'm fat today, because of her, right? But how can you not love a holiday where there's food, right? I love it. Now, if if you don't have anywhere to go, you need to also let me know, okay? Listen, we want everybody to have fellowship. We want you to have a great holiday. We want you to enjoy this day because giving thanks is something that we as Christians should understand, right? We should should appreciate that more than anything. So today, my sermon is just simply called, I am thankful for. Read the scripture with me. Psalms ninety-five, verses 1 through 3. He says, "Oh come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Amen. Now listen, I know there's a lot of football games going on today. And I know what happens is people don't just sit there and go, Go team. Go Panthers. Nobody says that here but me go Steelers. Who would say that? That's just weird. <laughs> How about go Seahawks? No, we don't do that. When we used to watch our team play and we get excited, we're like, ah! When they score a touchdown, we're like, ah! I remember when, uh, when uh, one year, when my Panthers was doing well, I was excited. I was yelling and screaming, but we needed to be that same way coming into church. Amen. Some people see coming to church as an obligation, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you see it as an obligation, then then don't come. This needs to be a joy, right? It needs to be a joy. He says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, amen? Amen. With thanksgiving, amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, let us come before, shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, let us shout joyfully to him with psalms, amen? For the Lord is the great God. Look at your neighbor and say, he is the great God. Can you say that with me? He is the great God, and the great king above all gods. Amen. This time is really a time for us to reflect on his blessings, reflect on the things that he does for us. Sometimes we need to just pause and remember what God has brought us from and what he's brought us through. Now, would you agree with me that sometimes we can be a little negative negative? We tend to think about what we don't have. We look at our brother and sister and what they have and what we don't have. We look at other people, what they have and what we don't have. And we we just tend to think, hey, you know, we're negative about it. We get frustrated instead of realizing and taking a moment and seeing that everything that God has done for us today. The biggest blessing is, you ready for it? You see me this morning. Nobody's laughing. (laughs) Everybody's like, I don't know, pastor. I don't know if I agree with that blessing, <laughs> right? No, I'm just joking when I say that, but you get to be in church. Do you know how many, how many people across the world today are not allowed to go to church? Do you know how many people across the world today are being dragged out of churches and beaten because they go to church? Yeah, here in America, maybe not for much longer, we enjoy freedom to attend church, We we enjoy freedom to show up to church, and some people take that freedom for granted, and they can't can't resurrect themselves from, you know, the the sheets of misery in their bed, amen? That comforter and that bed, this feels so good. I can't bring myself to church, but you are here this morning, and we have the freedom to do so. We need to praise God and be thankful that we have a church to go to. We need to praise God that we have a ride to church, amen? We need to praise God that we're alive this morning. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Now, some people argue that we need to thank God every day, and I agree with you. We need to thank God every day. But there's nothing wrong with setting aside a day just to give thanks. Nothing wrong with that at all because it's like a reminder. Let me explain to you why a reminder is important. In the Old Testament, God delivered the Israelites from the Egyptians great miracle amazing you did this incredible thing for them but God also knew the human condition and you knew you know that God realized that one day they would forget about it one day they would act like it never happened one day that would no longer be in their memory because all they could see was what was wrong right now and I think if there's something that God wants to say to the world today, he says is to the Christians today, is quit thinking about your problems and realize what I've done for you. Realize what I've brought you through. Realize what I'm going to take you through. Amen. As a matter of fact, this is what he says to the Israelites in Exodus chapter 13, verses 8 through 9. And you shall tell your son in that day, saying, this is... Is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up out of Egypt. Praise God. We need some elders in the church to stand up and say, This is what you do because of what God did for me. Amen. We need some elders to stand up. I say elders, I mean anybody over 20 years old. We need to stand up and say, Listen, God worked in my life. God did this for me and He can do it for you. Amen. God is not a respecter of persons. He works with the old, He works with the young, He works with the infirm, He works with the healthy. He works for everybody. Amen. We need to sit back and say, God has done this for me. Amen. Hey, hallelujah. And then he said, verse nine, it shall be as a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes. You know why God put it between their eyes? It's because every time you look at them, you see that memorial. You see what God has done for them. It reminds you, it reminds you. And sometimes the church of God needs to wake up and remember. Wake up and remember. Come on now. Forget about your problems for a minute and think about what he's done for you. Amen? Think about, don't, don't worry about or obsess over what you're going through. Because the same God that got you through that can get you through this. Amen? The same God that brought you out of the trial can get you through the trial. The same God that brought you out of the mire clay can set you upon the rock. He's not a one-and-done God. He is an all-time God this morning. Amen? He can get you through. As a memorial between your eyes that the Lord's law may be in your mouth, For with a strong hand, the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. But I want to tell you this morning, everyone in this room, everyone in this room, God brought you out of Egypt. Now, I don't think anybody in this room has actually ever visited Egypt. But what he means there to us is God brought you out of sin, because that's what Egypt represents here. God brought you out of sin. Now, does that mean that you're perfect? Does it mean that you mess up sometimes? Of course. Nobody's perfect in this room. But there was a lifestyle that you had where you didn't do the things that were of God. You did the things that were of the world. You did the things that were carnal. And God himself brought you out of that. Listen, that is a miracle. He brought you out with a strong hand. And we need to be thankful to God today. We need to be thankful to God today for what he did for us. There's something magical about testifying of God's goodness. Did you know that? Now, some people say, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. And and I'm going to tell you, the enemy is whispering in your ear, telling you a lie. Amen. I know my kids sometimes will look at me when they were younger, not so much now, because they don't want to hear what I have to say, but they will look at me and says, dad, you never buy me anything. (laughs) you never give me anything. And I said, you're right. Oh my goodness. I never buy you food. You're right. Oh my goodness. I never, I don't put lights in your room and I don't buy you clothes. Oh my, I'm a, I'm a, and this is when I go overboard, (laughs) you know, a little dramatic, and I said, I am so sorry that I have not provided you a car to drive or, or clothes or that I haven't loved you. And, and they said, okay, dad, enough. Sometimes we, we give the things from God because we expect them. We don't truly appreciate them. Amen. We don't realize the battles that God has won on our behalf. We don't realize the miracles that he's done on our behalf today. I'm telling you, he is a God that provides and we need to testify of his goodness, his grace. And as miracles. See, there's times that life gets hard, right? Those are the times that the most we need to look back and say, God did it for me then, and He can do it for me again. We need to quit being negative, we need to quit being critical. Listen, that doesn't mean you can't complain to God. I'm not not saying that, but there comes a point that we need to testify of his goodness. We need to testify of his grace. Listen to this in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Listen to this word. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And listen to this part right here. And by the word of their Testimony. You know how you want to get the devil off your back? Start testifying how great God is. And I'm just just being straight with you. You don't have to do this magical dance, a magical prayer to get the devil off of you. You need to start, hey, devil, you're you're giving me a hard time. Let me tell you what God just did for me, amen? The devil don't like to hear that. Devil's like, oh, stop, stop, don't tell me that. (laughs) Devil starts running, right? Don't call me if you got the devil on your back call God, amen, call God, start telling, start telling and testify. talk to your neighbor at work and say, hey, have I told you how God good, or how good God is today? Tell your husband, tell your wife, tell your grandkids, have I told you how good God is, amen? Have I told you of his goodness? Have I told you of his mercy? Have I told you the time that I was down and he lifted me up? Have I told you when I was depressed and he took me out and he made me happy again? Have I told you how he saved my soul? Have I told you how he lifted? Me up every now and then. I struggle with stuff, and the Lord reminds me, I got you. Remember when you were going through this? Remember when you're going through this? Remember how I got you through that? Remember that poem written some time ago about the footsteps going through the sand? Jesus is walking somebody, and they look back, and the person said, Well, Lord. I thought you said you would always be with me. And the Lord says, well, I was. And the Lord said, or the lady or the person who is there with the Lord said, but, but I sometimes see two sets of footprints and sometimes I just see one. And then the poem talks about, well, that's when I carried you. And there's another part of that poem that a lot of people don't know. It actually says, and those drag marks, that's when I dragged you kicking and screaming. That's really not in there. Amen? But doesn't it feel like that sometimes? We need to be thankful to the Lord this morning. Amen? We need to lift up our voice and give him thanks. Every time Jesus broke bed, he gave thanks. Amen? He thanked the Lord for his provision. All of you this morning are clothed. Praise God. Amen? If you came in without clothes, we probably would not have let you in. I mean, we love you. But you need clothes to get in. And it's cold outside. Amen? Some of you are wearing your boots. Some of you are wearing your coats. There's always the one person who comes in with shorts and a t-shirt on. 20 below in shorts and a t-shirt. But you have clothes this morning. God's been good to you. Think about what God has done for me. So if you'll allow me a little bit this morning, I just want to share with you what I'm thankful for. I want to first of all say that I'm thankful for my family. I talk a lot about my family. They're mentioned a lot in my sermons. I joke about them, but I really do mean I'm thankful for them. My children... See, I was told that I would never have children. And when we, my wife and I got pregnant, I say me because I was there too. I was right with her. We're going through those things. And we lost our first child. And I thought, well, that's it. We're never going to have kids. But God did this amazing thing and he healed us. And not only do we have one child, but we had two children. And my children are the best version of me. The best version of me. My daughter is an amazing guitar player. She's a way better guitar player than me. She's a better singer than I am. She's a, she's a better worship leader than I am. I'm so incredibly proud of her. My son can play drums like nobody I've heard. He's an incredible, he's never really had lessons before. He's just learned it. And he, he's so dedicated to his job. He, he literally works all night, Saturday night, and he comes to church after being up all night long. He still comes to church just to do ministry. Some people can't get out of bed, but he's here. I love him for that, and I'm so proud of my son, and we're taking him down to college here in December, late December. You're going to see me very emotional when we do that. I joke about wanting him to leave, but I, I really don't want him to go. I want him to stay here and plow my driveway and cut my grass. Not going to teach my wife how to cut grass. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get very far. Amen. See my wife. My wife has made me who I am. She's taken a lot of the rough edges off of me. She's calmed me down a lot. She calls me a drama king cuz I can not be kind of dramatic. But man, I don't I I God could not have given me a greater wife than her. She has fit into my family so well. My parents actually love her more than me, to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. All the pictures of me have been taken down, and my wife has been put up in my parents' house. I know this because they live downstairs. My wife's parents, however, love her more than me still, mainly because I brought her up here and away from them see, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm also thankful to my parents. My parents are my greatest cheerleaders. No matter how down I am, no matter how upset I am, no matter how frustrated, they look at me and say, I told you so. No. (laughs) They look at me and they say, but Keith, remember, remember when I'm talking about the memory thing? Remember that God called you. Man, don't we need some grandparents like that in the church? Not just talking to their grandkids, but talking to their young people. Hey, remember, you can do this. Remember that God loves you. Remember that you're a child of God. Remember that you were called of God. Remember that God chose you to do this. They're not trying to to lift me up for the sake of lifting me up. They're trying to encourage me. And they've taken that role in my life. So I am thankful for my parents today. My dad's going to be cooking Thanksgiving meal. And I'm thankful for that because he knows how to cook. My mom, well, I'm not going to talk about that. (laughs) One time she tried to warm up lasagna in Tupperware, in the oven. I won't talk about what happened, but it was funny. But I'm thankful for my parents. You know what else I'm thankful for? I am thankful for... For this church. Yeah. See, those of you who have been here for a while, maybe you don't see what God is doing in the church, or maybe you see it negatively. I don't know, but God is doing something. God is bringing some young people in the church, and guess what? We need young people, amen? We love our elders, but we need younger people yeah. because there are our next generation of people who are going to take over the church one day. God has given us leadership in the church today, with with Mike and Will and Richard. Great leadership in the church today. God is bringing people to this church. God is using this church. Our Sunday night prayer meetings that we're doing. We've been praying for God to heal. As a matter of fact, I have a testimony for you. There's a young lady by the name of Crystal which is Michelle. I don't know if you know Michelle. It's Michelle's sister. She, remember, on last Sunday, we didn't know what was going to happen. We thought that something bad was going to happen. Now they're, they're, the doctor is reporting miraculous recovery, and we believe that God's going to continue that recovery. Amen? We believe that God's going to do that. Let me tell you what else this church has done. Are you ready for that? Remember when the missionary came here from Casa Shalom? Remember that? You know what he told me? I haven't shared this with you yet. You know what he told me? Is that our church, our little church in Juneau, Alaska, is the single largest donor to that Costa shalom in America. Amen. Now, there are churches that he goes to that run over 5,000 people, and we out give them. You are a giving church. We gave Bibles to Pakistan. Did you know that we did that? We're building a church in New Zealand. You also support me and my family. Last a couple Sundays ago, when you did Pastor Appreciation, you gave me and my family over a thousand dollars, and I thank you for that. I thank you for that. That was I appreciate you doing that for me. That money is going to help us to be able to go down to. Uh, uh, to Georgia to see my wife's family and to take my son to school. So thank you for helping us with that. I appreciate that. God bless you. God is now normally in December. There's a pastoral offering. Obviously, we're not going to do that this time because we did it in October. But I just want you to know, thank you for supporting me. I pre- You support me and my family. You help us to have lives, amen? And I want you to understand that we're not just focused, as some churches are, on community actions. We're focused on building the kingdom of God, amen? We're not healed to, see, I, there's this buzzword right now in churches about community, community this and community that. The problem is, community doesn't build the kingdom of God, it builds community, Right? All these people that talk about community in the church, they never once mention about God. Listen, we're not here to take on taglines or fads within the church. We're here to talk about Jesus, amen? That's why I love you. We're here to talk about God, amen? Amen. And I want to say something, to all you churches out there that keep talking about community, thinking that you're doing something great, the Bible says something about quit worrying about being social and worry about being godly, amen? Because when you become social, you begin to compromise what you believe in. The church needs to rise up and be the church. The church needs to rise up and be a sanctuary for people who need it. We don't need community, we need God, amen? And God will take care of all those other things. Pastor, what church are you talking about? I'm not going to say. Because it doesn't matter. What matters is that our focus is on God. Our focus is... See, my job is to build you up. Your job is to go into the world. Amen? My God is to edify you. Or my job is to edify you. And then your job is to go in the world. But I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful this morning for the blessings that he's done In my life, God has blessed my incoming, and he's blessed my outgoing. In other words, God blesses the money that comes into my house, and he blesses the money that I spend. The things that I buy last longer than they should. The money that comes in lasts longer than it should because he has blessed me, and he can bless you too if you give. He's put food on my table. Now see, you can tell that with the way I look, right? He is, he has blessed us with food. We are not going hungry in my house. And I want to say this. No person in the church should ever go hungry. If you're hungry, you need to let me know. We'll feed you, we'll do something. Now we're gonna we're gonna help you get past that. Amen. Listen, we, there's a responsibility there, but no one, especially right now during this holiday season, should go hungry. We'll take care of you, okay? We're going to help you get back on your feet. Do not go hungry, amen? Listen to this. He supplied my future needs. 2 Corinthians nine ten. it says this. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. In other words, he's giving seed to the sower. A lot of people worry about, well, how can I give? How can I give? How can I give? You give in faith. You give in faith. You give knowing that God is going to take care of, and if you want to give more, he's going to give you seed to that. He's going to bless you. If it's in your heart, if it's in your desire, he will bless you, but you got to step out in faith. He supplied my former needs. Job 8, 7, though your beginning was small, yet your latter end would increase abundantly. My wife and I were joking last night because we were talking about the blessings of God in our lives and what he's done for us. We can remember times where we had no food in the house. We can remember times when we had to sell stuff just to be able to pay our bills, I remember one year it was my daughter's birthday. We didn't want her to not have a birthday. and So I took some of the gold that Jenny had from jewelry that was passed down to her family and I went and sold it just so we can give our daughter a birthday party. That was the most depressing time I've ever had in my life. It was horrible. But you know what? God has brought me from that and now my latter is greater than my former, amen? Praise God. Does that mean? Does that mean I'm rich? No. No. What does it doesn't mean? I'm rich. I'm rich in blessings. He's blessed us, and we're smart with our money. He supplied all of our needs. Philippians four nineteen, and my God, read this with me. And my God shall supply all your need, according to His riches and glory, by Christ Jesus. Come on now. Riches and glory. My God shall supply all your need. What do you need this morning? And don't say you need a new Lamborghini. Don't, Don't say you need a new Tesla. What do you need? Food, water, opportunity, amen. Whatever you need, God will supply that. My God will supply his, and this is the great part, he says, according to his riches and glory. Do you know how rich God is? He owns everything. Listen, Bill Gates thinks he, he's the richest man, or who's the richest man in the world? The guy who owns Amazon, or Elon Musk, he thinks he's the richest guy. In the world? They're not, they don't own any of that, right? Well, they, God owns everything. He can strip them of everything in a heartbeat, God owns it all. He can supply your need, whatever you need. That's the last verse I want to share with you. And again, I'm going to ask our people who ride the bus to stay for a few moments afterwards. That's the last thing I want to share with you. We need to give thanks. 2 Corinthians 9 15 simply says this. Thanks be to God for His indescribable Gift. Indescribable as the music begins for me, please. God is giving you. You know what indescribable means? It means I, I can't put it into words. I can't verbally explain to you what he's giving you. It's my belief that a spirit of negativity has infiltrated the church today. And the world, the world is looking at us because they're negative already. This past week has been full of events in America. There was a trial that was decided last week. That if you listen to one person, it's the worst thing that ever happened. If you listen to somebody else, it was the greatest thing that ever happened. You want my opinion on it? My opinion is simply this. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. Listen, you can say all day long, well, it was the self-defense. Or you can say all day long, he didn't have the right to do it. I'm just going to be straight with you. None of that matters. Because several lives have been ruined, including the shooter. We have to be a people that are no longer negative, but we're full of hope. A president can't give you hope. A president can't give you hope, but Jesus can. Whatever is going on in your life today, I assure you, it's not as bad as you think it is. Or it's not as great as you think it is. Regardless. you need to be grateful. You're alive. You're breathing. Everybody do this. Just breathe one time. Breathe in. Breathe out. Yeah. Nobody stop breathing right then, right? You're alive. Let's find what we want to be positive on. And as the devil comes at you and he begins to whisper in your ear, well, you know, this and this, you're not going to be able to pay your bills, or you're not going to be able to do this, or whatever. I want you to begin reminding of the devil what the Lord has done for you. Would you stand with me, please? Praise God. I would encourage you. Invite someone to your Thanksgiving. Invite someone. Reach out. Let people know that you love God. When the enemy comes to you and tells you that you're nothing, remind the enemy of his future. Remind him of his future. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for everything that you've done. I thank you, God, for your glory. I thank you, God, for what you mean to us, God. Lord, I'm asking that right now, Lord, that you bless us and help us to remain thankful in these times. I thank you, God, for your mercy and your grace and your heart. We thank you, Lord. What I want everyone to do right now before we dismiss... I want everybody to close their eyes. Just close your eyes. This is going to be our altar call. I want you to think about what has God done for you? What has God done for you? What is the blessing that He's given you? Do you have it? All right. I want you to tell God right now thank you for this blessing. Thank Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you, God. Thank you. Lord, we praise you right now. In your name I pray. Amen. Praise God. If everybody can look at me, we're going to close our service here. I don't feel the need to do an off-the-call of today. I think we got the point. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to our service.